Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. This show is dedicated to empowering women like you to put yourself first and achieve your goals. I'm your host, Kat Horrocks, a women's life and career coach based in Manchester, UK. Each week, I'll be sharing stories, perspectives, and expertise from successful and inspiring women so you can feel empowered with the positive vibes and practical guidance to step into the next level version of you. So if you're craving more passion and purpose in your life or you're just looking for a boost in your busy day, make sure you're subscribed and let's dive in. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. This week I am so thrilled to share this interview with you with my amazing friend Danielle. Danielle and I have been friends for a couple of years now and she is launching her activewear brand kit today which I am so proud of her and so excited for her and I just loved this conversation it's great interviewing friends on the podcast because you just learn things about them that might not even come up in regular like everyday conversation. It was so inspiring to hear Danielle's career journey as a fashion designer. She is such a hard worker. She is so passionate about the work that she does and she has so much industry knowledge and experience that of course now she you know took the plunge left her job left her job and is now starting her own business and her own activewear brand it just is super inspiring to hear her journey and you are gonna love kit so this podcast is going out a little later today at 9am it should be live on the website by the time you listen to this so I would love for you to head to the show notes or just head to kit.co.uk which is spelled k-i-h-t.co.uk and check it out. I have one of the hoodies, I have the grey hoodie which I've had for months, you've probably seen it if you follow me on Instagram. It is honestly the best hoodie I've ever worn, so comfortable and I just know from being Danielle's friend and walking with her like on this journey how much work and time and effort and you know redoing things going back to the drawing board like she's spent so much time so many hours have been put in to make this collection and launch the best it can be so check out kit check out the stuff I am so excited to be placing an order myself today and let's dive in to Danielle's incredible career journey as a fashion designer and of course we chat all things fitness and wellness in there as well because it would be rude not to right so here is Danielle King founder of Kit. Welcome back to the podcast ladies and welcome to today's guest Danielle. Hello! You've been on before Yes, but we were just chatting shit as mates. We literally were now like today we're gonna have a really, a really inspiring conversation about um, careers and fitness and business and all sorts of good stuff. So 
Danielle is my my friend, <laughs> but also a founder of Kit, which is a new activewear brand launching as this podcast goes up, which is so exciting. Um, and she's been like head head of design at some of the, like the bigger you know the UK's biggest like women's wear brands, and she is. Fab. So we're gonna chat about fitness, business, careers today. So yeah, thanks for coming on. So take us back then to the beginning of your career because I think it's so like such a an integral part of your story and why you're launching this brand. Um, tell us more about like where your career in fashion and design began. Right. Okay. So. I suppose, if I'm really honest, it began when I was teeny tiny and I literally used to draw. I had my own little sketchbooks and I'd draw little clothes that I'd love to wear in them. And I used to shop at Tammy Girl. Oh, I love <laughs> it. cute <laughs> little outfits. But <clears throat> after studying fashion at university, which I think to get into to get into that world you kind of have to do I think it's becoming less and less so but at the time you had to go down that route um I took my first job working at a supplier's and I think I've definitely had it was definitely a shock to the system I think coming out of I suppose you're really green aren't you when you come out of university you've not really got a great deal of experience in the working world in the field that you're going into um, and I specialised as a knitwear designer at the time, so spent the first part of my career in knitwear, working my way up slowly through different businesses. And I think one of the things that I, I always did, and I think, I really do think it helped me out in my career, is I never, I, I jumped around a lot but doing different things, so I worked for a huge spectrum of, of of brands from like like much younger cooler brands to older customer brands I worked in a manufacturer's at one point where I was actually like I learned loads about how to actually industrially knit and how the costs work and all of those things which just helped me become a better and better designer yeah because um, I actually understood the whole process from the manufacturers right through to being a brand which was really cool um, and then I think I just never saw myself stuck in just knitwear I think I saw myself as a designer and a problem solver and I just loved what I did so um, I took a job at, at the time it was quite a small company uh, called Misguided <laughs> <laughs> and just a were, tiny company now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was crazy. It was crazy, and I'd heard of them, but only because I'd seen the building, but I didn't really know a lot about them. And I, I think I'd maybe like seen, I'd seen bits of them, but it never really entered my world so much. But they were uh, when I looked into them, they were really cool. Like they looked like they were doing something a little bit different, I suppose, and. When I went for the interview and met everyone, just seeing this vision for a brand was so cool and I just wanted to be part of it. And it was one of those things where it was quite small but growing really fast. So you just, it was an opportunity to 
try loads of different things. So from there, I went in as the knitwear designer and as a senior designer. So I was working with the younger designers as well. Um, and I just got to do loads of stuff well out of my comfort zone, out of, I suppose, the remit of knitwear. But oh my God, I absolutely just loved it. I loved the challenge of it all. Yeah, so coming from Misguided was amazing because I'd done knitwear, I'd set the department up because they had a little bit of knitwear on site but had no, like they just didn't really, no one really knew a lot about knitwear and it is quite a specialist thing. Um, so I'd set the department up there, then I'd set up denim, we launched plus size, we did... Oh, we did like a lot of casual wear as well because at the time they only sold, like they made, the main driver was dresses yeah. and they'd not really explored like a lot of casual style and that was really cool. I absolutely loved doing and that. And that's like just before, now that's all girls wear. Yeah, yeah. And oh my God, I remember at the time, um, I can't take credit for this, but um, somebody designed a really simple t-shirt that just had models' names on it and it got sent somehow to Jordan Dunn, who was like a massive yeah. model at the time. She wore this t-shirt, and I'm not joking, it went crazy. Like, seeing stuff like that, things like that just never happened. And it was just insane how, like, this world was developing. But really, really exciting. Um, and then I went to Pretty Little Thing after that, which was, again, it was a really small company. They had, like, two designers there at the time, a couple of buyers, and it was just, it was really, it was really small, they were offering a lot of basic stuff, and they wanted to expand and take things down slightly different routes, but keep, always keeps the heart of like keeping things cheap and making it fast, and it was just, it was such an incredible experience to like build a team, run a team, going all this, these different directions we launched, like so many ranges, so many different areas of the business. And like in a really short space of time, you just, you learn so much because you have to. Yeah. And it was just an amazing, it was an incredible experience. And then from there, I'd, I've always, always wanted to set up my own business. I've always wanted to do my own thing. And I felt like that gave me enough knowledge in the industry to actually be able to do it. And also like in myself, because You've, test, you've, you've tested yourself in so many different ways and learned that you can just, I say like pick stuff up as you go along, but just, it, like we'd call it a JFDI, like just fucking do it. Because <laughs> yeah. you didn't have time to think about it. Yeah. You just had to get on with it. Which is such a valuable skill yeah. as an entrepreneur. So it? you were constantly like, there was no, there was no like handbook. There was no, there was no one above me. It was just like, get on and just do it, make it happen. Yeah. Which was incredible. That. Love that. And when we've spoken about career career and development mm. in the past, I love I've always loved your advice because you have you've always shared with me that you never stayed com like you never stayed in your comfort zone basically. Oh you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. As you've said you you were always you were always challenged in your work. Yeah, I, yeah. the one thing I've said to like anybody who I've worked with that's asked me for advice is the moment that 
it becomes easier and you're not learning anything move and it's totally against the grain of like what people tell you that it's really good to stay in a business and work your way up and do all of those things but I just think if you really want to learn quickly keep moving because every business works slightly differently does things in completely different ways even if they're essentially like the same industry it's still totally different and it just keeps you moving forwards yeah. you just pick stuff up so I've, I've always stuck by that and I, and I think it's just it, I climbed a ladder quite quickly as well because I didn't stand still in a business yeah and it takes guts as well to to know when to move on yeah so I feel like yeah that yeah do you feel like that attitude helped you continue like getting bigger and better roles each time you moved yeah and oh my god like stepping into new roles you always have that you know can I do it because you've never done it before yeah and am I am I a fraud am I all these things but then you just you get in and you just get on with it it's all you can do yeah, love <laughs> yeah. It. that's the an- that's like the answer to imposter yeah. syndrome, isn't it? JFDI, yeah, yeah, The only way you're gonna learn how to do it is to just do yeah, it. and you will get stuff wrong, yeah, hundred percent. But I think if you be- if you really believe in what you're doing and you love it, it doesn't matter. You'll just do it. Where does your love of design? I, I don't. Where does it come from is a bad question because you kind of just, you answered that at the beginning, like it's just been a natural passion of yours. Yeah. But I guess what I'm asking is like, what is it about designing clothes and like you designing clothes for women that you love? Oh, it's, it's actually like, I have to hold back on this <laughs> because <laughs> it's actually sad how much I love it. Like, I get really excited about it. I think it's, like, it's really hard to put it down into a really small thing, but I think it's two things. One thing I've realised quite early on is I'm a natural problem solver with anything, and sometimes it can be really annoying because rather than just listening, I'm always like, oh, what about this? So it's a na- So I think designing clothes for women is you're naturally solving problems or fulfilling a need for women, whether that's going out on a Saturday night and wearing a dress that they feel like shit hot in or designing something a little bit more technical or something super comfy that they feel they're cosy in. You, you, you're meeting those quite natural needs, I think, of women, which I absolutely just... I love the thought of that. Yeah. And I think, I think going into the area that I've gone into, which is more commercial fashion... You're also solving the problems on the other end of how to design something and manufacture it in a way that people can afford to buy it because designing something to fit into a cost is far harder than designing something that's higher end where cost isn't an issue because you don't have to think, you don't have to understand the manufacturing process or think of any sides that are going to make it cost more or less because it doesn't matter yeah so I think I loved I loved the challenge of that like hitting both of those things and making something that people love and can afford and wear and feel great in or feel like really comfy in or and you know 
it's just exciting, isn't it, wearing clothes? Like, I've always seen it as a... You can be anybody, can't you? You can decide to be anybody. Yeah. Wearing something. And I think I really like that. Yeah, it's definitely powerful. Yeah. So, did it feel amazing then, seeing... You know, like seeing girls on Instagram, let's say, like in the clothes that you've designed. One of my favourite things, more than anything, would be to be out on a night out and look over at a girl and be like, oh my gosh, she looks incredible, and realise she's wearing something I've designed. Yeah. Like that. You know, you could see she looks incredible, she feels incredible, she's having a great time, and like I'm a, I've been a part of that. Yeah. That's, I don't know, that's just awesome. Where does fitness come into this? Because moving from, you know, like women's wear overall into the fitness industry, like you're creating active wear, you know, or leisure wear, whatever you would call it. Yeah. Um, where, like, where does that bridge come in? Where does your, like, personal passion for fitness and health come in alongside you know, what is now your own business. Yeah. Yeah, because I suppose from right now it doesn't really make sense. Um, but alongside growing a career as a designer, I've just always been mega, mega into fitness, into sports. I was I was raised from a really young age playing. I think I was really lucky, actually. I was raised doing all sorts of stuff. My, I think my dad never saw... A di- like he didn't see which was really nice like a difference between me and my brother so I was brought up playing I suppose what essentially would be deemed as like loads of boy sports yeah but like I played football I learned to windsurf I did all sorts of I suppose not appreciating quite different things so I've always been into sport I've, I've always kept myself I'd say fit yeah I love, I absolutely love working out. I love the gym. I just love being active. I love being outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> so I've always had that. And it's always ran parallel in my life alongside anything that I've ever done, which has been great. And then when, I think it start. maybe it started, I think, if I'm really honest, when I was at Misguided, they launched Active Wear there. And... I wasn't a part, I actually wasn't a part of the team that did it, um, but seeing it happen, out of all the things like we'd launched as a business and done some really cool stuff, I think that was one of the things that excited me the most, and I, I wanted to be, I felt like I wanted to be near it, I wanted to be a part of it, because it just felt really cool, and I think at the time, like, Jimbo just wasn't cool. Yeah, I really wasn't. I'm sorry. Like when I think back to how I used to dress, you know, based on like the options that were out there, for like a run, or you know, the gym. When I first started going to the gym when I was like a teenager, like it was either, you know, proper boring outdoorsy brands, yeah, or like your dad's t-shirt and some joggers, which like. There was no, there wasn't, there was no like concept of looking good whilst the whilst you were at the gym, or like no feeling good as well. Yeah, no, no. Oh god, no, totally. 
but I just remember that feeling really exciting and then um, I got to Pretty Little Thing, we launched loads of stuff and it was amazing, I really enjoyed it and then and then we launched Activewear and it was something I was so excited to do and I was like I want to do this, I want to be involved in it, I've never designed Activewear before, I really wanted the challenge and oh my god was it, it was a real challenge as well because obviously we were trying to do it at a really low pr price point which is pretty much to, it's just like pretty much impossible to get any to get any level of quality unfortunately but I absolutely just loved doing it and as I did all the research and really looked into it I was like this is what I want to do like this is this is the thing it just it it brings my lives together yeah in terms of like what I've grown up doing but well both my passions really yeah and it just felt it just felt really right and it just felt like at that time which was quite a long time ago now it was a really exciting moment where like things in that world were starting to happen and I saw a gap in the market and I saw like where and how I could fit in and I just um yeah and that was it yeah yeah that was gonna be my next question because I know that you have like a really positive relationship with your body with fitness with health and you have like your own and the company's ethos as well around like female empowerment like women supporting women women like having fun with fitness it's just you've got a really great kit really has a great message and it's very community focused so my next question was going to be like where does kit like where did the idea of kit as that brand as it is the brand now where did that come in um I suppose it came, it came from like two things definitely a massive part of it is my own my own values and how like you said I view fitness and all of those things I really want it to be a massive part of the brand because I, I believe in them so much that fitness doesn't need to be a lot of the things you see portrayed on online it can be fun it doesn't need to be you pick a lane of just lifting weights and that's all you do like it's just about enjoying yourself and getting and moving your body because that's what we're meant to do anyway um so it's definitely like a lot of my own values but then I think coming from the fast fashion world and being a part of that world and helping to build it um a lot of it just didn't quite feel right against my own personal values so then I think to then build a brand it was like what does feel right what does feel right to me what does feel something that I can put out there and be really really proud of that I'm trying to do something different and I think that's where a lot of the values of the brand came out which is that we we're all about trying to be as ethical and sustainable as we possibly can you know having seen the setup having been to China a lot I've been to Bangladesh seeing where clothes are actually manufactured I think one of the first trips I ever did work for a different company I actually 
thought about quitting my job when I got back <laughs> because I was just like, this just doesn't feel right at all. It just doesn't, the, the two worlds just don't meet. Mm. And I think I've held on to that for a really long time and coming out and setting up my own thing, I was like, I don't want my business to feel like that. Like, it's all shiny out front and hidden behind this curtain is the actual ugly yeah. truth of what's happening. Um, so I think a lot of that has come from there. And also seeing the the way, again, and the image these brands are putting out to young women and just, again, not really agreeing with that. We'd get a lot of the influencers in to come into the office and, like, you know, I don't know, look in the showrooms and they'd sort of, like, do a sort of behind-the-scenes thing, which was cool. But I think, like, meeting a lot of people in real life versus their Instagram, you just saw that, like, it's so far removed from what they actually look like and how, basically, like, how much they're editing their images. Yeah. And, again, that just didn't feel right to me. Like, and you, you're just setting these young girls up for massively unrealistic it just impossible standards of beauty that actually don't even exist. There's nothing wrong with picking the best picture of yourself at all and wanting to present your best self to the world because if you think about it, that's what we do every day when we put makeup on. Yeah. But there's a fine line, isn't there, between doing that and augmenting yourself so much that other women are looking at that and thinking, I need to look like yeah. that impossible standard. 100%. So it's getting that realism getting that balance right I think of the realism yeah and I think that massively applies to the fitness industry as well oh god yeah because we've had loads of conversations oh. about yes how like fashion overall is marketed to women and the filters and the you know and the face tune and whatever but fitness in particular and active wear it it very much feels like it's one type of person who wears active wear and they are ripped they go to the gym six days you know if you went on the most you know the oh, popular yeah. fitness wear brands not oh. gonna name names but if you go on their websites you look at their ambassadors it is one type of person yeah, yeah. you've got to have a six-pack in a boob job <laughs> that's your tick box you're in <laughs> and as yeah. as like the women in your community are seeing that and they just want to Feel, they want to get fit, they want to have fun, they want to get sweaty, they want to, you know, fitness is part of their life rather than the whole life. Yeah. They don't feel, like, I don't feel that represent, those brands represent mm. me. And I'm very into fitness. So I, I love Kit's message because I feel like it bridges that gap between, like, yes, like, really good active wear that's well-designed and great to wear in the gym and it's squat-proof and all that but it's also, like, a community that makes women like me feel welcomed. Yeah, yeah, And, of you know, it's not overly edited. It's not yeah. one specific type of woman. It's not even, like, one way of wearing it. Like, you don't have to be squatting in kit. You can be going for a dog walk or you can be... Yeah, exactly. ...going, like, hiking or whatever you want to do. And fitness looks different on everybody, you know. And I think... Yeah, I wanted a, I wanted to show in the face like it's not just all about. I mean, it, it just I'm just sick of ass shots. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. But fitness is, is more is more than that and it can be a lifestyle, but a lifestyle that's not borderline obsessive, I think, as well. Yeah. Like, you know, you can like I would like to say that I'm a really fit person, but I haven't got a six pack. <laughs> Well, there's probably one somewhere under there. <laughs> but that's because I also really enjoy food. Yeah. And I don't want to macro count everything that I put in my mouth because that's just not fun. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe for some people, but for me yeah. it's not. I yeah. don't think I don't take joy in that, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. And I think I wanted to again like reflect that that sort of lifestyle that it is about you can be fitness, you can be balanced and enjoy life. And it's not about going to the gym and doing a thousand squats. Yeah. And just representing representing more women. And I think I, I've been calling it a little bit more like relatable, relatable gym Definitely. wear. Because I think like I would, I would associate myself as a really healthy, fit person. But it... But when you look at what a lot of brands are doing, like using athletes, obviously like incredible athletes, or these athlete women who who probably spend a lot of time in the gym and are very restrictive on the food, like it is really difficult to relate to them. And there's some really random study as well, actually, and I have been thinking about this a lot recently, that they, they did a study where they showed loads of women fitness images of, of other women and fitness videos and then they showed other women more, like, some positive imagery. And you would think that by seeing loads of images of women working out and really fit women in the gym, that would really inspire you to work out. But it actually has the opposite effect. Because it just makes you feel shit about yourself. <laughs> so then you're like, oh, no, I am going to get to the gym. I know so many women listening are, like, nodding along. But, like, isn't that, that yeah. crazy? Yeah. And I like I've been thinking about that so much recently and I, it's made me um I actually haven't been posting on my own Instagram because it's really made me be like uh, what I, I I just don't know if what I'm doing what I have posted is I wanna keep doing it. I really wanna talk more about fitness and like your yeah health and fitness in particular. Mm-hmm. But can we talk about the sustainability element because I know this is something that like you've said you're really passionate about and you've spent a lot of time energy resources on like find you know finding the right factory yeah um finding the right pro you know process and all of that stuff in order to like you say create affordable gym wear that is not killing the planet and I think that for so many people now is like one of the top three kind of priorities when they're shopping more and more yeah it's like that balance isn't it between being able to afford it but also more and more people are like conscious of the sustainability element so walk us through like how kit is made and where it's made and all that kind of stuff oh my god has it been a journey (laughs) um so first of all i'm gonna just go right in and say like I think any business that you see has gone from like launching in a month or whatever. I just don't know how people do it. Um, I've been working behind the scenes on this for over two years now, 
and I'm gonna say it's been two years of a hell of a lot of bumps in the road <laughs> because I think when I set out with a vision to do this I didn't realize how difficult it was gonna be until I started and came up after oh my god I can't tell you how many problems I've had along the way how many different suppliers factories samples so much stuff that I've had to work through and it's not been right and which has just been like it is in a way heartbreaking um but I think what's what's really kept me going is the vision of believing really believing what I wanted to create that it is possible so it's taken me a long time um but I'm super proud to say that I produce um, so one of, so a lot of the things that I'm trying to do is be as ethical and sustainable as possible, which I would just like to say is also a constant process because I'm not still even launching, I'm still not where I want to be yet, but I, I know where I'm going with my journey, which is fine. Um, so the product, most importantly to me, I wanted it to be produced in factories and in places where I'm super proud of and I can I can definitely say that I've done that so I manufacture out of Portugal in a really small town of Porto and I work with a couple of different so the way they work is it's quite different to how you work out of China and other countries um, so it's a number of small factories that each specialize in one area so I work with a couple of different factories so there'll be like a factory that dyes all the fabric and again, like they're certified, I think it's called off the top of my head, like an ISO 100 certification where, you know, all the chemicals they use aren't harmful to the environment or yourselves. Um, there's obviously because it's produced in Europe, there's far more restrictions about what you can and can't do, which is incredible. Um, obviously, everyone's paid fair wages, the working hours, the conditions of the factories, like I've been I've been out there before I started the process of working with them and they took me around all the factories and they were just like, in, I mean I've seen a lot of factories and they were just incredible, like immaculate, just really nice spaces to be. So I'm super, super proud of that as one of the biggest things for me. Yeah. Um, the other part of the thing that I'm doing as well is the sustainability and another reason I wanted to produce out of what in the business world you call Near East because I didn't want to produce out of China because if you think about the carbon footprint of producing out of yeah. China you know the clothes that you wear have probably traveled more than most people yeah <laughs> like which is crazy when you think about yeah. it so predominantly stuff is manufactured and made completely in China but then obviously it's got to come like all the way around the world, either by boat, which which you think about the massive continents that are in the way where you've actually got to sail to get here, um, or by air, which again is just, you know, a really bad carbon footprint. So I wanted to manufacture it somewhere as close as possible, really. Portugal is one of the best places in the world to make sportswear, so I had my heart set on producing out of there. Yeah. Because I know it's obviously it's still it's still Europe, but it's what it's the closest distance that I can possibly produce out of, which is amazing. Yeah. Because unfortunately, England, we we just don't have the 
we can do the cheap stuff or we can do the really high-end stuff there's not really much of that middle middle ground really yeah all of the packing everything that you receive through the post is either from recycled materials or has the ability to be recycled which i'm really proud of oh and this is just a really small thing for me that was really important that most people won't even know about um when when any factory makes an order you always have to sign up to agree that the order can be 10% above or below the amount that you've agreed on because what they always do is make more than what you've agreed because along the way like there'll be maybe some faults in the fabric someone might stitch something wrong so there'll always be more made and then the stock that that doesn't pass once everything's made it's inspected and some of the stock won't pass the inspection for whatever reason and that's classed as B stock and what normally happens is they just burn it or they put it in a landfill and it's not really talked about because the factory just deal with it but I asked if I could take all of my B stock all the bits that didn't quite pass the thing because I just didn't want it to just be thrown away yeah because it's obviously really wasteful yeah because it's it's not it's still wearable but it just doesn't pass the strict the very strict test that you've got so it might be say like it measures slightly bigger than what you'd approved or like i said there might be a little mark on the fabric just it can be really small things like that it's like when you go to ikea and you go to the bargain corner yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like the couch yeah. has just been on display, yeah. so they can't sell it. Yeah. But they like they don't sort of throw it away. Yeah. And so. that, that's that's so interesting because that's the kind of thing, and like you say, the even the China carbon footprint thing. That's so obvious when you've just said it now. Yeah, but but who like as a consumer, you it. just don't yeah. even consider that. Mm. Like until fairly recently, people only look at you know we only look at the unless you're like a high-end buyer like you say and you want the designer you only look at you only consider the cost yeah and you don't consider the all of the like inner workings of what's gone into making something so cheap but the thing is like you wouldn't you're never gonna question it unless brands and people in the know start to explain the pros and cons of it and educate mm. you so that you can make those decisions yeah. and and you know i think a lot of brands don't want to talk about it yeah well because like you say yeah when you've seen it behind the scenes it's like the shiny front yeah looks so different yeah. to the working conditions can i just it. tell you a really funny story yeah <laughs> but it's also gross <laughs> <laughs> um this I was really years ago. Oh my god, this is years ago, and I'm not going to tell you where it was that I was working. Feels like juicy gossip. Oh, it's proper. It's Put yourself proper first, gone. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we something got returned from a shop, and the it was a swimsuit, and it had been returned because in the the strap on the shoulder, there was like a weird lump in it. Right. But obviously, if you think about swimsuits, they're always lined, aren't they? 
So they're sewn over and then lined. So this thing was trapped in the strap of the suit. No one knew what it was, but it had obviously been sent back. Someone had tried it on and noticed it. Yeah. And said, oh, there's something wrong with it. So it got sent back to the office. So we're all having a look at it, and the one of the garment techs cut it open, and there was a dead mouse. Oh, my God. Stuck in the strap. Stop. I know. Everyone was like, what is it? Yeah. And it was a dead mouse, and oh. you could, we couldn't work out how it had got in there. Yeah. Or whether someone had sewn it in. Oh, how it had got stuck. Yeah. Isn't that gross? Oh, that was awful. I love that you've shared your career journey and obviously setting up the business because it's so, like, like so many things, and especially with social media now, like, it's one of those industries that feels and looks, like, so fun and glamorous from the outside looking in. Oh, my God, it's not. And again, like... (laughs) setting up your own business like oh setting up your own activewear like what a cool fun glamorous thing to do and yet there's so much graft and like sweat and blood and tears and like having to come up against you know stumbling blocks and overcome them along the way problem solve yeah I think as well like if I didn't have my my massive aim which is to build a business that is non-harmful I suppose and as I'd say like as good as possible to the work like the world and the environment and the women that I hope will buy it I think has kept me driving the whole way through because I've definitely looked stepped back from some of the situations I've been in and been like do you know what I could easily just step away from this now and not be not feel judged or ashamed and just be like I've given it a really good go and it's literally near impossible so I'm just going to go off and do somewhere else but I think it's I think having that vision has just really kept me at everything just been like no keep going just keep trying keep you know particularly like trying to find a partner to work with who could get the, the quality that I wanted and the price yeah it's just so difficult yeah so yeah. But you're there. But I'm there. <laughs> Take it one time. Yeah. So I would love to chat a little bit more about like your own like health and fitness yeah. routines, especially because you're a busy founder, like you've been setting up the business. You're about to get a whole lot busier, I know, because yeah. you're launching. <laughs> so like what does health and fitness I know that's like such a generic term yeah what does that look like in your day-to-day routine behind the scenes of running kit how do you fit it in and how do you like prioritize yourself whilst working and getting shit done (laughs) I feel like this is a really good question because it's something that I'm definitely learning and getting better at because I have this thing about work that life should be there's like I think there's a a thing going around somewhere and it's like a pie chat and it's just like hard work the full pie chat and I was like yes that is what you need (laughs) whereas I think now I recognize that it's got to be the work it's got to be time off time for yourself doing things for yourself and your body and actually just downtime yeah is so important to 
enable you to show up to do the work and be and be there and be present because I think like when you work for somebody else it's easy to show up and just dick about a little bit like you know and have your off days but I think when you're I'm not like yeah. not be so invested in like the vision of it completely because it just it doesn't matter as much I suppose it's not your vision yeah I mean I've always worked really hard every business that I've been at but I think when you work for yourself it's it's there's so much more riding on it I think isn't there that and it is harder to switch off that you really do have to start putting some boundaries in place which I've definitely been learning to so I'd say mine looks um like week to week I'll sit down and plan my week out but not just my, my work week so I bullet journal which I absolutely freaking love like it just it fits like what I love to do so much which is more I like to see things written down in my yeah. own writing like I can't do stuff on a screen it just doesn't sink into my brain as much I don't know why but I sit and I bullet journal either on a Sunday or a Monday morning and I plan out my week so like firstly when I'm doing my workouts and what workouts I'm doing what my social events are and I, and I just build my weekend like that yeah and I think that has been like massively game-changing for me because it you're making if you book yourself like you would book to see a friend you do it because if you know like oh I need to I've only got that time that I've set aside to go to the gym you'll you, you're psyching yourself up for it already whereas I think something I was doing when I first left work my job sorry is I'd be like oh I'll go to the gym today and then I'd be like, well, I won't go now, I'll go later on. I'll go, oh, I'll go after tea. And then I just wouldn't go. Yeah. And then I'd be like, oh, I'll go tomorrow. And slowly, like, your week had slid out. And I think for me it's such an important thing as part of my mental health. It makes me feel so good working out because it challenged me in so many different ways. And it also allows my brain to switch off. And because when you are really struggling to lift a weight or whatever it is you choose to do you cannot think of anything else in that moment yeah. <laughs> which is amazing exactly and I absolutely love it so it's really important it's such an important part of my week and I think just stepping back from that a little bit as well it's actually working out what is priority to you you know because maybe for everyone it's not going to the gym but maybe it's just getting outdoors for an hour exactly, and doing yeah. a walk or something feel like, like that Quarant like lockdown has taught so many people the value of that. Oh god, yeah. Like um, when you yeah. can't do anything, yeah. you value getting out and going for oh. a walk and being in nature yeah. so much more. Yeah. And I really hope that the people who've begun that and began running or began walking as part of lockdown continue it. Continue prioritising it when they go back to work. Oh, it's so good for you. I mean, how many times have you had a crap? Like you've woke up and oh, you've had a crap, I don't know, whatever, a crap day. And then you go for a walk and you just feel amazing. Yeah, oh. clears your head. So, it's so good for you. Um, so, yeah, I so I plan, I plan out like that. And I'm not going to lie, at the moment with things that have been going on, it has been a little bit sketchier than normal. But then at the same time, like having 
the kindness to just say to myself like that's okay and that's not necessarily a priority right now and just work out when you feel like it yeah it's also it's also been a really big thing that I've, I've learned to do actually listening to my body yeah so I'd really recommend that yeah it's huge isn't it yeah because then it it's part it's part of your life and part of your well-being rather than this thing that like needs needs to be there otherwise you beat yourself up or you feel really guilty or you you know like you don't eat as much because you've not beat all that kind of stuff that I know so many women listening and myself included have done and Mm. have felt like no I need to be working out I need to be sweaty when actually like it will ebb and flow and your motivation will ebb and flow and also life ebbs and flows like if you've got a crazy week in work something's got to give and you have to it's choice you have to have compassion for yourself and be like it's okay i think the other thing without realizing that i've always done is i'm in it for the long game i'm not i i'm not into health and fitness for that summer body or to i don't know whatever else it is that quick fix like I, i believe I keep myself really fit and healthy so that I am able to do what I do and love and move freely and not struggle with anything. But I see it as a lifetime of work, not yeah. as... So So the weeks when I only maybe get one workout in or even none, it, it's, so, it's so minute in the overall picture that it just doesn't matter. Because I know, like you said life ebbs and flows and there'll be other times when I'll be so into what I'm doing that I might work out like six times a week yeah it just doesn't matter what's your favorite way to move then definitely at the moment I think during this period the way I've worked out has massively changed I absolutely love spin at the moment I've, I bought luckily I bought a secondhand spin bike just before we went into lockdown and oh, it's like the best £200 I've spent in a long time. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. That's so reasonable as well. Like, oh, what a bargain bike. It's find. a really good bike as well. I was looking at Peloton the other day and I was like, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, you have to buy, like, all the... So you don't just buy the bike as well. You have to buy all the shoes. Cause and the membership. And the membership. Yeah. Like a think... cult. <laughs> it's like a spinning oh, cult. Oh, God, no. No offence to anyone who does it. Yeah. I'm sure it's great. Just get a great, like, playlist on and go for it. Like yeah, I love that. And I think that's the other thing I worked out is I don't I don't need someone telling me I need to work hard to work hard. I just really enjoy it. I just put some great music on, and I just have a lovely time. Yeah. But I do I love that feeling though of. It's really bad, but where you push your body so much that you actually have to slow down because you're like, oh my yeah. God. Do my I do a sh- uh, it's called like a Shabbata training thing where you do like forty seconds on. 20 seconds off right for 10 rounds and it's oh my god like it's incredible a lot of i think a lot of my other training i would do outside of this corona thing which is going on i just love weight training love yeah i love yeah i've been and And i do work you work with a pt as well yeah which has been really good for me actually because i think something i'm really good i'm really good at that point of pushing myself like i was saying so I can be sick, like feel sick. I'm really good at that, but I think I'm also really good at sticking to what I like doing. 
Yeah, whereas what's been really cool about having a PT is it just changes stuff up for you. It's something I've really enjoyed seeing is actually like building strength and seeing that really progress, which is something I've not really done before. And I yeah. love it. It's really cool like yeah. to know that you can lift heavy things. When Oh, it's actually really funny. When all my parcels um, turned up, the guy was like, oh, you know, they're, they're really heavy. I think they might have overloaded the box size. So um, I think I'm going to need help lifting them in. So I was like, all oh, right. Obviously, I was in on my own. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll help you. And he just looked at me really weird. And um, I said, I'll just try picking one up. And I literally just picked this whole box. And I was like, oh, it's fine. And the guy was like, someone's had a wheat of this morning. But just having the ability to yeah, do, exactly. you know, things like Life that around. Things. Yeah, yeah. And just yeah. It, and it be easy. Is, yeah. I love that. I it makes such a, big, a difference. You're a big walker as well. Oh, yeah. Love a good walk. We're both dog mamas. Dog, yeah. Oh, uh, do you know that's another thing? You know that everyone gives all these like diet hacks and stuff. Diet Get hack. a dog. Get a dog. <laughs> One thousand percent. I've lost five yeah. pounds since. Well, I put on weight when we first got him because we couldn't leave. When you have a pup, baby, baby puppy, that's different. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Once you can go out, oh, it's great. Yeah, ten thousand steps a day, pissy, easy, easy. <laughs> just like that. Been out. You've just been running around the house. <laughs> and also, I'm really sorry, but walking is one of the most underrated activities. Because people can't sell you anything to make you walk better yeah. or anything like that. It's just apart from Fitbit, who are smashing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's completely no agree. to it. Yeah, I completely agree. Top five tips, let's say, well-being tips. Number one, again, super underrated, sleep. Oh, I'm nodding. Yeah. For anyone listening. <laughs> yeah. But it's probably, We're both yeah. sleep queens. Oh, God. <laughs> Prioritising my sleep is literally, I'd say, out of everything, the biggest game changer. It's just, and, and it's, I know it's not sexy and no one talks about it, but oh my God. Yeah. I'm so, I would, I'm so happy and proud to say that now I'm a really good sleeper. Never used to be. And I gave myself that label of like, oh, I'm not, I'm not a great sleeper, but also wore it like a badge of honour. Like, yeah. I don't need much sleep. Only yeah. about six hours. Eight hours a night. Brilliant. But I'm also really aware of when I've not had that time. Like the other night, unfortunately, Mars got us up at 5.30 in the morning. So I'll make sure I'll get an early night. Yeah. The next night. Or maybe not set an alarm in. Yeah, yeah, and just maybe not set an alarm in the morning. So and just seeing what time I wake up because I will now sleep until I don't need until I'm rest rested. Yeah. Which is just amazing to be to be able to do that. And it just I think it just changes every other aspect of your life. There's no there's no negative to it. The other thing that I do which is really important, not to just go on about sleep loads is I've got a really good routine at night now and that's made a really massive difference yeah so I won't look at my phone after nine o'clock I used to go and put it in my room but I don't need to do it now because I'm into that habit I'll just leave it somewhere or turn it over I put it on night mode and that just it definitely does make a massive difference right okay this is a really it sounds a really like bland tip but I think for like wellness, particularly for myself, it's actually finding out, like spending some time finding out what you'd love to do. Right, we're just going to have to power through and 
I'm sorry if you can hear the dog growling in the background because someone's Whoa. sounds like someone's putting glass in their recycling or something. I know, um, but the dog's grumbling, so sorry if you can hear that. So carry on. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, I would definitely say spend some time finding the things that you just love to do that light you up, whatever it is. Because I think, like, getting joy from moments is just one of the nicest things ever. Yeah. And build that into your your week or your month, whatever it is you want to do. But I think definitely for me that's a massive thing. It's just like, one of mine is spending time with people that I love and just laughing. Yeah. Because... So good for mental health and mindfulness as well. Yeah. Like, being yeah. in the moment. We talk about, like, being present, being yeah. mindful. Definitely. And I think definitely. a huge part of that is, yeah... Having a nice time. Having a nice time and actually enjoying life. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Food, definitely for me, that I've been doing a lot more at the moment is I like to, like, we've been, we're quite organised when it comes to our food and definitely planning out my food for the week. And not, it's not meal prepping at all, but it's just like buying things that I love to eat and cooking. Yeah. Off taking time out of your day to cook a really nice dinner and allowing that time to just prep a gorgeous meal is one of my favourite yeah. things to do. Yeah, meal planning is a game changer, I think. The other thing I do is allow myself time to go out to... I, I've literally not been into Sainsbury's for months. Yeah. We go to the butchers and the greengrocers and allowing that... Also, like, giving yourself the time to do that even though we've worked out now, it takes less time. Yeah. But at the start, I think it was a mindset of nipping to a big supermarket was quicker. But if you plan it, it's actually not. Well, I found that. Yeah. But that's, yeah. really, that's a really nice tip. Definitely food related. Um, and then I'd say the last one, meditating. Really, like, I've actually... I wouldn't say that I do it consistent, consistently, like I don't meditate every day, but I probably do it a couple of times a week and there's definitely days where I'm like, I need to do this today, I need to allow myself, you know, even just it, even if it's just 10 minutes in the morning before I start my day, but just allowing myself the time to do it has been massive for me. Yeah. Because if you are, say, wake up a bit stressed, like I've got quite a lot on at the moment, and it's easy to get like really wound up in that and then make it bigger and bigger so then you actually don't do anything because you're so thinking of all the things you've got to do rather than actually doing them. Just stepping back from that and having like 10 minutes of downtime just to relax yourself is amazing. Quick round. Yeah. I'm ready. Snappy, snappy, snap, snap. Yeah, go. Number, number, question number one is what is your go-to self-care ritual? Oh, easy. Do my nails. Love it. Oh. Danielle's nails always look amazing. Oh. Like she's had them professionally done in a salon. Even through lockdown, which is a triumph oh, in looked, itself. I looked my game through lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally got a salon in my house. I love, I love it. it. I'll spend hours doing them. Love it. I find it so therapeutic. Second question is, what is challenging you to leave your comfort zone recently? Right now, pretty much everything. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, launching a business... I'll hand on heart say I have no idea what I'm doing with a lot of it. It's all completely new and I'm just learning as I go. 
Next question is, what are your goals for the rest of 2020? So, my biggest goal for 2020 was to launch my business. So, that's really good that that's happening. Um, one of them was to practice one self-care ritual a week and make that a non-negotiable. And that has been absolutely incredible for me. And I found other things that I really like to do that help relax me. So, it might be like having a bath or... Obviously, doing my nails, face mask. Um, one of my other ones was to get a better routine around, like the work-life balance thing, which I'm definitely, definitely feel like I'm getting there with it. Which is, I think you've been really helpful with me on this in setting boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and that's been amazing. So, like, start just having a routine around like work times rather than which I think I was doing a lot more of, is just not ever really switching off. What's your go-to resource that you would, that you love and would recommend? This could be a book, a podcast, a person, or, you know, whatever, anything. So uh, right now, one that I'm really, I keep coming back to is a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I feel like I've read it quite a few times now and I keep going away reading something else or doing something else and then coming back to it and tying everything back into that. Mm. Um, I found it really good in, you know, that thing of helping you organise what your actual, what your personal values are and what's important to you in your life. Yeah. I think that's been really, really good for me. Classic. Mm. Love it. What's one action you would love anyone listening to take? from listening to this i hope people listening to this will start to consciously think a little bit more about where their clothes are coming from and be more considerate about what they're buying yeah i would love i would love that so last but not least can you tell us where we can go to order kit and i would love you to just talk like very briefly about the collection and like what you're launching with like what the what the line is like because I know yeah. there's been a lot of thought gone into it yes yeah and um, so you can buy it from my website and um, it's kit.co.uk and it's spelled k-i-h-t and um, I'll be launching or I am launching with a small like capsule collection and the idea of it is it's completely wearable slots into your wardrobe not just your gym wear wardrobe and everything's mix and match because as much as i'm all about sustainability a big part of that is it fitting into your wardrobe and you've been able to get loads of wear out of it so everything's designed to be mixed and matched with the range itself but also like slot into your wardrobe so you wear it all the time the fits i would I would like to say are amazing because that's something that I'm a real stickler for and the quality of the product is just absolutely brilliant like I've tested loads of it myself so like for instance the hoodies and t-shirts that I've launched I cannot tell you how many times I've washed and worn them and I'm so happy to say like they don't peel I wanted my pieces to feel like those real staple pieces that you've got you know, like those amazing, the, like an amazing pair of jeans, like your go-to jeans. Yeah. I wanted my stuff to feel like that for people. Yeah. So it's like your cosy hoodie that you just constantly 
getting out the washing machine. So it's safe to say that it's like, you know, the material, the gym wears like really good, like thick quality leggings, like squat proof. Oh, um, yeah, 100%. They're all compression just fabrics Just well. enough stretch <laughs> with like compression, but not like, still like really comfortable. Because I know you love your gym wear like out and about, like just running errands and stuff, which is so important now, isn't it? But you can just throw it on and wear it wherever. Yeah, so a massive a massive part of what I wanted to create was the idea of making something so wearable and so comfortable, but also feeling still on trend that you just want to wear it all the time. The quality of the fabric, I'd say, is amazing. And I'm, I'm so proud of that. It's compression, so it will support you, but it's not like too, it's not, incredibly restrictive like some other brands and it'll just wash really well so you can just get your wear out of it um i've used the colors and the designs i would say a trend led but not like fast fashion so they'll be in and out in a season and you won't want to look at them i'd just like to say that they're tasteful trend really nice pieces for your wardrobe but not just your gym wardrobe yeah yeah, I'm so excited. I can attest to the fact the hoodie is so comfortable. That like that's a perk of being friends with Danielle. I've been able to <laughs> grab a hoodie before they're released, and they are amazing. So I can't wait to get like the full. I'll be like wrapping kit everywhere. The full <laughs> works head to toe. Get me in it. <laughs> oh, I have to say, it's been really hard because I just keep wearing everything. Yeah, and then and people are like, oh my God, I love your leggings. Where are they from? I'm like, oh. Yeah. I need them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been wearing them. Yeah, it's so nice. Because it's that thing of like, just being able to wear it all the time, spend the day in it, doing whatever you're doing, and then go and do your workout. Yeah. And it's just dead easy. But you still feel nice. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So it's out, so the collection is out now. It's Kit, which is K-I-H-T, yeah, Product UK. And what's your Instagram? Um, so my Instagram is Kit Collective, and my personal one is I am Danielle King. If you just want to see what I'd, see my nosy dog walking life. Yeah, <laughs> and you talk a lot. You give so many great fitness and wellbeing tips. Oh yeah. So yeah, go follow to. Dan. Go follow Danielle. Bye, Kit. Oh yeah, that would be nice. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been really funny to actually do this as mates, uh, as mates, but yeah. also trying to be professional. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've managed a good balance, wouldn't you say? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> no, thank you so much. It was amazing. I really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to Put Yourself First today. If you resonated with this episode, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss another one. And please consider leaving a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And if you know another woman who needs to hear this one today, why not message her now with the link? To keep up with me, access more free resources, find out more about one-on-one and group coaching, or to just drop by and say hi, find me at cat underscore horrocks on Instagram or head to cathorrocks.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to put yourself first.